We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of the Budding Heads Podcast. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. Thank you for bearing with us. I uh, hope you weren't looking for our feet pod too much on the feed, but uh, I was way now I'm back. What a time to be back. Uh, Johnny, how are you? How are you doing? Uh, you know, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, the... I mean, in terms of me personally, I'm okay. But in me the too. sports world, yeah. I mean, you, you especially, man. You, uh, you are newlywed, and and congratulations there. Thank you. Got married. Went on the honeymoon. Had the privilege of not having to sit down and watch the entire 49er and Bucks games, though I did catch the end of the Bucks game at the airport. So had the displeasure of watching that. Um, and you know, yeah, I got, I got home Saturday, Sunday, I settled in on my couch. Uh, I was ready to watch seven hours of commercial free football on red zone. Got the, got ready Four o'clock came around Colt McCoy, John Wolford. Boy, what a, what a fucking disaster. <laughs> I'm drinking a beer on this podcast. Cause I don't know what else to do. I, I mean, it's just been horrible all season long and uh yeah just keeps getting worse doesn't it <laughs> you like you think it can't get any worse and then it gets worse and like listen we played this three and seven saints this week so we might have not hit rock bottom yet because a loss to the saints team it would that would just signal that the team is done trying like <laughs> No matter who, like, me and you could be on the offensive line. I still think we should have a shot against this Saints team. And they're not good. They're really bad. 
Like they, the Rams still should not lose this game, and they're underdogs. Like I, I bet money on the Rams this week because I saw they were underdogs against the three and seven Saints. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I'd be a complete fraud if I didn't bet that line, regardless of how much I hate the fucking Rams. I hate the Saints more. So, <laughs> couldn't help myself. Oh, man. I, uh, you know, I, I may actually have to place a bet myself, Steve, just because I'm going to be in Vegas this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. I got, I mean, we're celebrating my, my dad's birthday. Um, just turned 63 yesterday. So, uh, we're taking them to Vegas, so oh, happy what birthday. better than to, uh, you know, splurge a little bit and hopefully the Rams don't disappoint me. Well, <laughs> I got some bad news for you. They might. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be real. If the Rams lose, would it be a big shock? No, and, and that's, like, disgusting. I, I was thinking... So we've been doing this podcast since 2018. Obviously, you and I have we've covered dog shit Rams teams before, but since the podcast started, the worst year was 2019. And while that team was not good, I would not say they were bad. This team is bad. Like they are, they are bad. Like they're they're probably a bottom ten team in the NFL right now. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be a stretch. They they've lost three straight games. I mean, it's the 49ers, the Bucks, the Cardinals. You can make the case the Cardinals are bad. Colt McCoy started, so like they're definitely bad. Um, you can make the case that the Bucks and the Cowboys aren't bad. But, you know, we we haven't done this pod obviously in a couple weeks. It, that Tampa game really set the tone for the rest of the year. And you could sit here and say, well, the Rams lost because they started John Wolford. Well, I mean, we'll get to him in a second. But they scored more points in this game than they have since the bye. And two of those games, Matthew Stafford started. And, like, it just, you know, I I was going to rewatch the, the Bucks and 49ers games. I decided that I don't hate myself, so I didn't do that this week um but like you just watch watching the end of that bucks game and the defense played outstanding that whole game i know some people were gonna sit here and blame them for the last drive they shouldn't have been on the field you know they held the bucks to nine points the entire day and they make a huge stop huge fourth and goal situation should be the end of the game all the rams have to do is get a first down and, like, not only did they not get a first down, Johnny, they didn't even fucking try. And that doesn't involve, like, throwing a pass. Like, you need to try something. And when you're best, the best player on your team, Cooper Cup, is taking a slide. Like, I get it to stay in bounds, but he's running a jet sweep. And instead of trying to get the first down, which he might have been able to get... He slides and doesn't try to get the first down because why the fuck would he? That's not the mentality of this coward-ass football team. They don't try to put points on the board. 
they get a couple, and then they just punt. That's the mentality that this team has. And that that three and out to me, Johnny, was truly the end of the season. You let the first of all, you let the Bucks get back into the season, which is a whole nother story that sucks. Um, you give Tom Brady a lifeline. Listen, they're bad, but like it's still Tom fucking Brady. You don't want him to get the ball back. And he throws a bunch of uninspired passes because our defense is gassed and mad and they make a couple bad plays and the Bucks win the game. But it's like, that's it. Like your offense doesn't try to, you don't try to do anything. And you have one of probably one of the most significant offensive minds in the history of the sport as your head coach. And like, this is what we're getting. Like, I just, it's, it's just mind blowingly bad. And, like, unbelievable how bad this team is. And I get the offensive line issues. I get the quarterbacks hurt. The offensive line certainly part of it. But, I mean, Johnny, if the offensive line we had in week one was healthy the entire year, honestly, do you think we'd have a good football team? They they wouldn't be this bad, obviously. But, like, do you think this is, like, a 7-2 and two team? Like, I think... If the offensive line is healthy, maybe others should change this, but I don't see this iteration of the team having more than five wins. I I do think that the Rams have a better shot at winning more games, obviously. But it the off the way the offense is is assembled, you know, kind of the disaster on the ground game. And basically, your only real legitimate offensive threat being Cooper Cup. Yeah, there's there's really not a whole lot going for the offense, and I think the Rams do squeeze in a few more wins simply because the defense isn't out there busting their ass the entire game, and then you know, at the last minute of of the game, they're not you know tirelessly going back out there you know and and i realize that may just seem like one game but it really isn't when in the grand scheme of things because there there were a few variable games that the rams lost simply because and the defense was out there far more than they should have been so i i do think that the rams do get a, a a couple more wins do i think that they're anywhere near the Super Bowl caliber team they were last year? Absolutely not. Not even close. No. I mean, I mean, get, where do you think the Rams currently sit in point differential in the NFL? <laughs> Definitely among the bottom. They're 20. Uh, they're 30th. They're in between the Colts and the Texans. <laughs> like, uh. They they've had one game this year that was a one score game that they lost. For their wins, they have three wins. Um, I I need to go back. Thing I'm pretty sure two of them were one score games. Two of their win, two of their three wins were one score games. Their only win that was more than a one score game was against Carolina. So like, I the offensive line is the biggest problem with the team. Sure. They suffered more injuries this week. They're about to start their 
tenth offensive line in ten games. But I think like you're taking crazy pills if you think that's it starts and ends there. Uh, like, yeah, they don't they don't have a good offensive line, but like you're not you're not trying. It doesn't seem like they're trying at all to overcome those issues on offense. And as a result, as we saw this week, the defense has just gotten sick of it. Like in in a sense, and I'm not I'm not saying that uh Sean McVay like obviously should not be fired or anything, but it feels like he's lost the team. And this is a guy who just is coming off a Super Bowl. If like it feels like the locker room is lost this year. I like they're they're just done. Like they were done in this game. Didn't seem like anybody fucking cared. Well, I, I agree. I, I think there's no question that it, it feels like the the entire team is just just kind of sick of uh just losing. I mean, this is this is a ball club that, you know, isn't really used to losing this often, especially with the star caliber players that they have. So yeah, I, I think in a way they have lost the locker room. I mean you know, Jalen Ramsey himself said, uh, you know, in the loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he felt that the offense failed them. And, uh, you know, he's not wrong. He He's not wrong at all. It's just it, it has to be frustrating for the defensive unit, especially because, well, maybe they aren't, you know, the supreme defense – that we saw last year they're still light years ahead of this offense and that's that's an awful feeling it's an awful feeling to have you know a you know a wonderful game you know slip away and you know you're the you're basically getting the shit beaten out of you uh you know because tom brady came back at a very age and uh, disappointing Tom Brady has came back and, you know, won, and it makes you look like you failed at your job. No, that's that's not the case at all. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating. The, it's, it's undeniable that the locker room is, is definitely frustrated. But, you know, I, I think that it, it's just it was bound to happen. It, unfortunately, I don't think uh, it was supposed to happen this soon, but unfortunately it happened sooner than we had anticipated. Yeah, and I – this is a conversation for another pod because we have a lot of present-day stuff to shit all over this team for. But, like, I I don't think they are done long-term. I think there are solutions to be found, and if everyone comes back next year, which is not a guarantee – if Aaron Donald, Sean McVay are both back next year, I think they can be back. I, I I don't think that I don't think the run is completely done yet. But they are fucking done this year. They're they're toast. There's absolutely no way this team makes any noise. Um. So a little talk a little more about this game. We got to talk about John Wolford. Uh, this was his first start since what was it the the 2020 playoff game where he got injured right away. It is. Yes. After watching this game, I have, I have lots of thoughts on this, but it is fucking crazy in hindsight that Sean McVay thought that this guy 
was the best option over Jared Goff. It is like, and I know Goff was horrible that year, but like, oh my god, uh, he's he's bad. He's 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 really bad. <laughs> yeah, I. To be fair, this is the same John Wolford that you know got us that playoff win. He got us a you week know? seventeen play-in game, basically victory over. I mean, who was the wasn't the Cardinals starting like Chase Stebler or whatever that dude's name that was who's on the Jets this preseason. So, like, I'll give him some credit, but I don't even think – I feel like he didn't even throw a touchdown in that game. It, it, it's hard because, like, again, you know, we've seen Matthew Stafford, who's our starting quarterback, struggle in the shit show that this is – I can't even blame just the offensive line. You know, um, we've seen, obviously, Matthew Stafford struggle – with the offense entirely. So you're asking your backup quarterback who we're obviously seeing may not be a very good backup quarterback to step in and try and lead this shit show of an offense. It doesn't seem very fair to kind of come down on him in particular. Now, mind you, if we're talking about how he did in this game, I'll, you know, the results are the answer. You know, he was terrible. He was beyond terrible. But again, how much can you really blame that on him as opposed to the offense entirely? Yeah, agreed. Um, the offense was bad before he got here. He also missed a lot of throws. Um, he got our best player yeah. injured. And uh-huh. he, like, I, I think it was some of the old Turf Show Times guys on, on Twitter, like Seattle Rams and 3K, and a couple of them were talking about this. They mentioned that the Rams have never had a good backup quarterback under McVay. I will caveat that by saying that although he didn't play, 2019 Blake Bortles was an attempt to have a good backup quarterback. We never found out if he was, but I'll give them a credit for that year. But they've never really invested in this position, and the last two years... They've carried three quarterbacks on the active roster. And we said in in August that both of them might be bad. And, I mean, this is probably true, but you're carrying three quarterbacks, okay? You've carried Bryce Perkins on the team to just make him a healthy scratch basically for two straight years, right? And John Wolford in the first half was dog shit. Why wouldn't you play Perkins? Like, you're carrying him around... Is he really just on the team for the practice squad? Like, just to give the defenses a look? Like, because Wolford couldn't have done any much more to get benched in that first half. I mean, we had three points. Uh, we couldn't move the ball again. Not totally on him, because we don't try to move the ball. Um, but like, you've got this guy on your team for two years. He's, he might not get another chance to actually play. Why don't you just throw him in there? What's the worst that could happen? This? Like, what, what's worse? It, it's kind of been something that we've been... I, I, I think we've brought this up a, a few times. You know, we've kind of been circling around this uh, because it was kind of a moot point because Matthew Stafford is your starting quarterback 
and barring an injury, which obviously happened, uh, you're not going to really even see either one of these guys out on the field. Well, that time has come, and now you have to question, what's the point of having Bryce Perkins on this roster? You know, and, and it's it's something that has kind of baffled me over the past couple of seasons. Not that I don't believe that Bryce Perkins has any talent whatsoever. I think he has shown that he has, you know, you know, at least a little bit of talent. Uh, but in reality, we've seen him in the past uh, season games. And, well, I mean, there was times he looked fairly decent. And then there was times where it's like, why do we still hold the spot for him? Yeah, and I, I think and, he did earn the roster spot. Like, he played well enough to earn it. But, like, yeah, I did continue. But, like. He's a third quarterback, so you have to justify him being on the team. Yeah, so and, and that's what it comes down to. It, it do you do you hold this spot for him because you feel like Bryce Perkins could potentially replace Matthew Stafford at some point, uh, which is kind of a ludicrous statement. But let, let's say we buy into that bullshit for a second, uh, or do you hold this spot? just to potentially try and trade him at that point. Okay, fine. Stick with Bryce Perkins. Why do you still have John Wolford? If that's the case, I it's again, this could have gone, this spot could have gone to an area of need, uh, particularly on the offensive line. Um, it's just a lot of weird things here. And yes, I do agree that Bryce Perkins should have gotten an opportunity to go out there and and you know see what he can do. But I think primarily the reason why they just kept Wolford out there is just for the sake of seniority. Yeah, and and if Stafford can't go this week, which we it's I'm recording this Tuesday night, I don't think there's really any idea yet. Like you would think he can play because I think he was a limited. Like, he was a true game-time decision, so you would imagine he could play. But if he can't, play fucking Perkins, man. Like, what? this team needs some kind of jolt, and he's a jolt at least. Like, I don't know if he's good, but I think I, think I know Wolford's not. Especially, maybe Wolford is okay, but in this offense, we know he can't do anything. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So that becomes, do, do you want uh, do you want Perkins to essentially become like a Taysom Hill kind of player where no, he becomes the I, I don't. type of quarterback? I don't. <laughs> I mean, we saw I, a little bit of that in this that game. Reference. Yeah, we, <laughs> we saw a little bit of that in this game, right? I mean, every time he was on the field, it was a disaster. But it's pretty predictable when he comes on the field. And to Taysom Hill's credit, I'm, I'm throwing up a little. They've made it at least mildly unpredictable when he comes in the field. You still think you're you're still pretty sure what's going to happen, but he keeps him honest occasionally. It's like it's like Giannis shooting threes. Like you're going to give it to him, but you can't let him sit there wide open for ten minutes. Uh, so, Steve, how did those words come out of your mouth? How, how did they taste coming out of your mouth? I'm washing it down with this jingling right now. Was uh <laughs> brutal. My my favorite play in this game, Johnny, was we all know Sean McVay's bullshit when the team's down by double digits and nothing matters. He pads the stats, they have a nice touchdown drive at the end of the game. And with like twenty seconds left, the Rams were in the goal line running hurry up and the Cardinals called a timeout. And at first I was like, Why are they calling a timeout? The game's over. And then I was like, you know what? This shit is stupid. They're just going to walk into the end zone. And and the Rams did score anyways, but it's like, preserve that lead, dog. Like, this is dumb as hell. The Rams don't deserve this drive. This doesn't mean anything. Like, you're just you're just making Wolford's stats look slightly better. You're making it a 10-score game when in reality it felt like a 40-point game. And, and you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that's pissed me off all season long. It, I I don't understand when the game is clearly out of reach and you're throwing your best players out there like Cooper Cup and, you know, you're potentially risking injury. At that point, send in your backup unit. Why not? You know, I mean, at least you won't be risking, you know, your starters uh, moving forward. What do you have to lose? I mean, if if they I lose, already this, lost. If they lose this week, send Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald home for the year. Just go, bye, guys. Um, nothing to play for. I like I said, I don't think the team is absolutely cooked long term. I think they can make some moves in the off season to to get back into it, but God, it's rough right now. The defense was trash in this game. I mean, they're letting Colt McCoy go up and down the field. He's a horrible quarterback. The secondary was terrible. Jalen Ramsey was garbage. Uh, but, like, I can't blame them that much after last week, man. I would be so deflated. I'd be so fucking deflated. Yeah, I just... I, I don't blame them either. I... Even even as garbage as as the defense was this past game, you know we've had these types of games before where defense just kind of fell apart. But the Rams' offense in the past has been able to you know at least keep the game close, even if they end up losing. Um, and sometimes the offense bailed out the defense. That was kind of 
the the cool thing about the Rams team as a whole in previous years. But we already seen, you know, if the defense struggles in a game, you're pretty much guaranteed a loss. Um, of course, if the defense plays well, you're almost just as much guaranteed a loss. So uh, I guess it doesn't matter either way. Yeah, it's like, like you look at the box score from this game. Like you look at the you look at the drive by drive. Each team had a nice lengthy field goal drive in the first quarter. It was basically the whole first quarter. The Rams come out, they go three and out in thirty eight seconds. So the defense, after giving up a six minute drive, which is their fault, uh, has to come back right away. They hold the Cardinals to a three and out very quick. Next drive, Rams go three and out pump. Okay, defense is back on the field immediately. They hold the Cardinals to another three and out. What do the Rams do? They come back out and punt. On those three jives, Johnny, the Rams went three and out three possessions in a row. They had a combined total of two yards. And then the Rams the, the Rams defense gives up a, a long touchdown drive on that next drive after the third three and out. Rams get the ball back uh, and run four plays. They get a first down, then they fumble. And then the Cardinals score immediately. It's like I can't I can't really blame them for this game. They were bad, but like I, I don't I get why they were bad. I felt like a fucking fool watching Colt McCoy drive down the field on us, but you know, I don't know. It's just top to bottom it's an embarrassment. Thank God we won the Super Bowl last year. Like imagine if we didn't and we were sitting here. Oh, I'd be depressed. Oh my god, dude. This would suck. Like it still sucks. And and there's this weird thing people are doing now where they're like, you're not allowed to be mad about the season. Listen, like two things are true. It was worth it. Everything we did to get here was worth it. Not ev- like not every single move, not drafting two two at well, shit like that. But like <laughs> the decisions the team made to go all in to win a Super Bowl worked. And if we're bad for the next five years, so be it. It's going to suck ass, but it was worth it to get here. Now, that being true, this still fucking sucks, and we have every right to be mad about it. We shouldn't just be like, oh, well, we won the Super Bowl last year, so who cares? Like, that's partially true, okay? Like, I'm not going to let this – well, I am letting it ruin my life, but, like, I'm not totally going to let it ruin my life because <laughs> I can just go on – NFLshop.com and buy a bunch of Super Bowl champs merch because we won the Super Bowl last year. Like this was this is gonna happen at some point. Didn't think it happened now. Again, I don't think it's over forever, but it's okay to be mad about it as long as you acknowledge that it's this is where we ended up and it is what it is, you know? <sighs> yes. Uh <laughs> Creed Humphrey was right there. Okay, so this is, like, one thing. I, I made a tweet about this, and, like, I I said, first of all, I said, I don't think we talk about the Creed Humphrey pick enough, contrary to probably, because this is, like, a systemic problem in the Rams organization since Sean McVay came in. They have made five second-round picks, okay? Five second-round picks under Sean McVay, and obviously they haven't made a first-round pick. So these are the the top picks of the Sean McVay teams. 
they've drafted Gerald Everett, Taylor Rapp, Cam Akers, Van Jefferson, and uh, (laughs) Tutu. I forgot his name. So take Taylor Rapp away. That's one out of the five players. You've drafted four skill players with your five second round picks. None of these guys, except for Cam Akers for a couple games as a rookie, became a good starter. And three out of the four, I, I guess technically Van Jefferson's a starter, but like he never ascended past wide receiver three. Tutu Outlaw doesn't even fucking suit up. And Gerald Everett never beat out Tyler Higby for that job. Everett's, Everett's a fine player, but we did not need to draft any of these guys. Outside of Cam Akers, I think correct me wrong. Gerald Everett, Van Jefferson, and Tutu Atwell were not they were overdrafted. Like they were drafted above of where they were being projected, right? I know Tutu was, and I'm pretty sure the other two guys were. If I recall correctly, uh Gerald Everett was a little bit of a reach, but not so much that it was upsetting, yeah, not like Tutu and, Atwell. Yeah, and neither was Van Jefferson, but like Gerald Everett was drafted, I think, forty-four. Um, the other guys were the other yeah. two were drafted fifty-seven. So like, they're not all you know. Tutu aside, who it was a bad pick at the time and his age wars. These weren't all bad picks at the time, and I mean, Cam Akers obviously has had a, a lot of shit has happened there, but even at the time, we said they didn't need to draft this position. And, like, to double down on players like this because these were not the positions you needed to draft. You need those picks to pan out. These are luxury draft picks, all four of them. And that's four out of your five second-round picks of the entire era. And, you know, this is something Les Need has done before Sean McVay, but when you look at the luxury picks he made with high draft capital, it was Aaron Donald. And it was Todd Gurley. And both of those worked out. Say what you want about the second half of Todd Gurley's career. I mean, that pick worked out. But when you do shit like this, man, like it, it adds up. These are the type of things that add up. And when you go all in and you're trading all these draft picks, I'm not saying you need to hit. You can't hit on every draft pick. But like the 2-2 Atwell pick was a failure from the start. That guy had to have been a borderline Hall of Fame receiver talent for that pick to have been acceptable because you didn't need it. And if they desperately needed Tutu Atwell, he'd be on the field because they would have tried to make this work. And he's nowhere near it. And, like, the Van Jefferson pick, we wanted a receiver that year because it was just a stacked class. But when you go Cam Akers there, it's tough to justify going both of them. And, I mean, Everett, it is what it is. Tight end wasn't not a position to need. But, again, that guy never, he never beat out Tyler Higby, who's a good player, but, like, he never beat him out. And, Johnny, thank God we didn't trade our second-round pick at the deadline because this team is toast, and that might be a top 40 pick. And I swear to fucking God, if they draft a wide receiver, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind, dude. I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) Especially if he ends up like like a really small wide receiver like Tutu Atwell. Unless the top receiver prospect drops that pick, you can't you have to go offensive or defensive line there. Or cornerback, I guess. Like cornerback's okay. 
you can't go skill player there unless Bijan Robinson drops to 40. Then yes, sure. But like you can't go skill player there. And I think they're going to. I I think that uh I I was just thinking about like the top wide receiver prospect falling to the second round and I'm like that actually happened before. That was Deshaun Jackson. And instead of the Rams picking Deshaun Jackson, we ended up with Brian Quick. Oh, no, you're thinking of Alshon Jeffrey. Deshaun no, Jackson. No, it was Deshaun Jackson. He's older. Than, I'm, gonna, I'm sure they took some bomb over Deshaun Jackson, but I'm pretty sure he's older than that. Uh, I'm, I'm more than certain because I wanted Deshaun Jackson badly, now he, and we ended up with Brian way, Quick. He's way older. <laughs> um, Deshaun Jackson. So, who did the Rams take this year? Uh, Think farther back, Johnny, because you were correct that they drafted a receiver in the Deshaun Jackson year. Okay, it was further than Brian Quick. Two thousand eight was when Deshaun Jackson was drafted. He's old, dude. Uh, well, so is Brian Quick, for that matter. Okay, uh, what was it? Um. What, that wasn't the Brian Leonard year, was it? Donnie Avery was the receiver. Oh, it was Donnie Avery. Yes, you're right. Now, in their defense, a lot of receivers went before Deshaun Jackson in these only 16 picks. Um, Devin, listen to these names, man. Devin Thomas, Jordy Nelson, James Hardy, Eddie Royal, Jerome Simpson, and then Deshaun went at 49. So... That's like six guys. Only Jordy Nelson was justifiable. And even then. Yeah. Oh, no, man. Jerome Simpson had that flip. <laughs> oh, man. I for, I forgot. You're right. I, I got my receivers mixed up. I forgot all about Donnie Avery. <laughs> yeah, it was um the Brian Quick year, I remember, because – they needed a good receiver, and they took a project, and the project never worked out. And then I think the Jets took Stephen Hill a couple picks later because they were in the same boat as us. And then the Bears took Alshon Jeffrey, who worked out. I know he's, he he kind of teetered away at the end, but that was a good pick. We got to talk about these injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Went down memory lane there. Um, so Cooper Cup hits the IR. We touched on this earlier. Wolford overthrew him. I'm not going to sit here and say it was Wolford's fault, but it, even if it was, you don't expect a guy to get a high angle sprain from getting overthrown. Okay. Um, but he's hurt. He's out for four. He's out in the IR. I don't want him to play at all for the rest of the year. I mean, what do you think? Just sit the guy. Get him healthy. I, I mean, if he's 100%, like, I'm talking, like, completely 100%, like, he – you know, fresh off the factory floor kind of Cooper Cup. By all means, play him. I mean, the all right, Rams but what are if the team the is three and ten? Still, get your money's worth. You know. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess you got it. I don't know. It's uh, now, mind you, if he has any soreness in that high ankle sprain at all, like if he puts a little pressure on it and he feels like a little bit of tingle there, uh, you know. Just a little tingling sensation, said the guy. Oh, yeah. He's got to be 110% 
to to Jeff exactly. back. I mean, I mean, unless they unless they win the next four games, which I would fucking faint if that happens. Um, obviously, I'm talking like I'm talking like you know if he's if he's feeling like a LeBron flop coming on, he he's got to sit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, well, so obviously, like we've lost our entire offense. So, I mean, like, it's not, there's not really any way to analyze this. Like they're fucked. What do you want to see? Well, with that, like, I want to see, I want to see Lance McCutcheon and Tutu Atwell play. If this guy's not there, play everybody. Cause you damn well know they're not going to throw the ball to Allen Robinson 14 times next week. Um, they might to Tyler Higby, which I mean, I got him in fantasy, so I'll take it, but, I would rather see everybody play. Like let's let's get McCutcheon out there. Let's get Tutu out there. See what you got. Um, you know, for all the shit we've we've rightfully talked about Tutu, he did in the limited possessions he's played, he didn't look that bad. Um, but obviously he's also not playing for a reason. But like get these guys on the field, man. I don't need to see Van Jefferson, Ben Skronik play hundred percent of the snaps. I don't think anyone needs to see that. No, I'm with you, man. Freaking make it a uh, street football, you know the the kind of football where you just you know I mean you don't you put, you don't have an offensive line anyway. So I mean uh, you have your your full time quarterback out there. There's no offensive line, um, and then just you know have at it. Throw sling the ball down the field. Have McCutcheon there. Have uh, have Jacob Harris out there. Dig him out wherever he's at. Um, I I guess they let go of Kendall Blanton, you know. So throw throw out Bryson Hopkins. Why not? I guess Jacob Harris still he is still on the team. What's he on the practice squad? Yeah, he's on the practice squad. Um, There you go. Yeah, no, I mean, like, listen, if there was ever a time to scheme plays for Tutu, like, you truly have nothing to lose, nothing to lose. Like you're Make you're fucked. Your back. <laughs> Teams. <laughs> I, I mean, shit, man. Like, but you know what's gonna happen is neither of those dudes are gonna play next week, and all the gadget players are gonna go to our our king, Brandon Powell. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know that I I will say this: of all the shitty football that we've seen all season long. I'm happy to see that Brandon Powell is at least having a limited amount of success. I agree. He looks good. Um. Oh, and it's been so long since we pod, man. Um. We could have this conversation two weeks ago, but we're gonna have it today. Odell's not fucking coming here, and he was. He hasn't been coming no. here for weeks. Why would he? He already left us off the list. So. Yeah, I think I think I tweeted this two weeks ago. Like, why would he come here? He's been disrespected by this organization all summer, and we've said, like, the price is only going to go up. And now we're completely out of the loop. Like, if he was on the team, you'd, like, you'd at least have something to look forward to. But they low- yep. we, now, we don't know what the contract talks were. You know, like, we don't know what he was asking for. I'm guessing he was asking for too much, and the Rams were offering way too little. And, um... Like, 
I don't know. Um, he's he's not fucking coming here, and it sucks, and it's going to suck seeing him in another jersey. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, like, I, I have a feeling he's going to, to Buffalo, to be honest. I kind of think Dallas. I kind of think Dallas. Is that was that on his final list lately? Yes, it, it is actually. Um, I, you know, I kind of hope he goes to the Bills. I hope that the Bills win it all, uh, just so that uh, you know our boy Von Miller can get a ring, his third one from a third. <laughs> Not rooting for Von Miller to get a ring, dude. <laughs> hey, I mean. At least we could say, you know, former Ram won, you know. I'm not I'm not rooting against the Bills, but like I'm definitely not pulling for Von Miller. He's won See, enough. He, he he's gonna he's about to, you know, have a press conference and tell us why for like the twentieth time <laughs> he chose the Bills over the Rams. He chose fucking right, man. Jesus. I, I I'm pulling for the Vikings because my dad is a lifelong tortured Minnesota Vikings fan. So I mean, I I, I I'll pull for them. I guess. Um, How the hell is your dad a, a Viking fan? Now that I think about it, the Danbury, Connecticut Pop Warner football team when he played on like the seventies uh, was the Danbury Vikings. So. He became a Vikings fan. <laughs> That's why I'm a USC fan, because I played for the Danbury Trojans. <laughs> you disappoint me, Steve. Well, they weren't you the Danbury Bruins, me, so I don't know what to tell you. I mean, well, it's Connecticut. We're all, we're all, if you're not a New York or Boston fan, you're just like me all over the place. Um, <laughs> we, sh- we should talk about the offensive line. Well, like, so... Chandler Brewer hit the IR. Like, what else is new? Like, Chandler Brewer hit the IR with a knee injury. Uh, Alaric Jackson's out for the year dealing with blood clots. was a huge bummer. Uh, not only is he dealing with blood clots, but, like, he's dealing with that on top of one of – maybe one of the only linemen who actually looked promising. Um. So, yes. yeah. So, I, I mean, I really hope he can figure that out and play again. Uh, and if he can't, I hope he just lives a healthy life because that's terrifying. Yeah, for real. I was – when I first found out that it was blood clots, I was like, damn, I know SoFi Stadium may be responsible for that one. That's <laughs> yeah, another story, man. Um, like, there's nothing to break down here. Like, you want to talk for 10 minutes about Ty, what it has, Ty Niski? 
Is that how you pronounce it? Like, we're just I playing free agents so. at this point. To be fair, Ty actually used to be on the Rams for a quick second. Uh-huh. And, but he also used to be on the then Redskins with our boy Sean McVay. That doesn't mean he's going to be good, but like that is interesting. I, I didn't say that. I just said yeah. that he was with the Rams for a hot second and he was connected with our boy Sean McVay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that's it. about I'm, all I'm I got for it. you, man. I mean, there's a reason why he's a street free, free agent. Yeah. I mean, any like any semblance of average from this unit for the rest of the year is a huge win. Like he, you got to take every one of your complaints with a grain of salt because, like, this truly this has been a fucking nightmare. And you know, I think we both agree that like the line probably wouldn't have been that good if nobody got hurt. But like, this is fucking crazy. They're about to play their tenth different offensive line. Yeah. No question, this has been one of the most injury-riddled seasons I've ever seen on any Rams team, but especially at one particular group of of players. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because, like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, before the Cooper Cup injury, like, there wasn't any big deal injuries elsewhere. Like, guys, well, like, I guess we lost, like, David Long and stuff, but, like, it was mostly, like, guys missing a game or two. Besides the yeah. offensive line, obviously. That's been a fuck that's been fucking crazy. If I mean, that's why it's like maybe Nitsky might be a blessing in a way. I mean, what's the alternative? Uh Abushi? <laughs> ah, man. It's it's just been a rough year. It's a really rough year. God, I like yeah, just I know I already said on the pod, but thank fucking God we won the Super Bowl last year, man. If we lost that game, like, oh, this would you know be... the funny thing is, uh, my dad actually asked me too. It's like, do you think the Rams are tanking? And I'm like, for what? For what? <laughs> for what draft pick? <laughs> so Sean they owe Brad Holmes a debt. They owe Brad Holmes a debt. Oh boy, yeah. I just, uh, yeah. I there's literally no reason the Rams should tank at this point. It's just they suck. Well, they, like, they don't have healthy players. So I mean, like to that point, what what do you want to see out of this team over the last eight games? They play the Saints, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Packers, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and like outside of the Chiefs. I guess in Green Bay. These games aren't unwinnable. Um, but, like, they're probably not, what are they, three and six? I mean, they're probably not going to seven and one. Uh, and if they go six and two, that's not a guaranteed playoff spot. So, I mean, like, the season's basically done. Unless they, like, oh, no unless they flip a switch somehow that I, I don't, I think this, the, the fuse box is broken, that switch. Flipping that switch is not going to do anything. Like, what do you, what do you want to see out of this team? Like, I don't even I don't even know the answer to this for myself. There is one thing I want to see from the Rams for the remainder of the twenty twenty two season, and that's a victory over the Raiders. 
you, the Rams could literally lose every single game from here on out. But if they win the Raiders, I would be a very happy man. I have been – I don't remember if I said – I think I – I might have said this. I think, like, in our preview pod for the Raiders, I said I think they actually have a good team if their coach ends up being good. But their coach is a guy who I've always thought is a huge fraud since 2011. And, Johnny, like, and this is going to sound bad because, you know, how I feel about Sean Payton. I think Josh McDaniels literally may be the worst NFL head coach of this century besides Urban Meyer. Like, he, you look at his resume. He walks into Denver, immediately alienates Jay Cutler and trades him. Like, immediately. His star young quarterback, coming off a great third year, just trades him. Just gets in a fight with him and trades him. Then he drafts Tim Tebow, uh, you know, who y'all know I love, but, like, he drafts Tim Tebow (laughs) in the first round and gets fired before he even plays after a year and a half. Goes back to his little Tom Brady rabbit hole where he can, like, pretend like he knows what he's doing. He takes a job in Indianapolis, gets scared, leaves, doesn't even coach there. His agent fires him because he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then, you know, the stars align and he gets a job with a team coming off a playoff berth who improved the roster, like, pretty tremendously in the offseason. And they suck, dude. They're horrible. And Mark Davis is out of here like Rome wasn't built in a day. Like, yeah, but like the 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 construction on Rome had been well underway and he walked in with a bulldozer and started rebuilding it. Like, this guy's a huge fucking fraud. He's he's I think he's genuinely one of the worst coaches in NFL history. And I don't know how you keep him after this year. Like, they've regressed so much. And the team improved. Like, at least our team got worse. Their team improved. I I mean, you're not wrong, but I could think of some other coaches that deserve that title also. And yeah, there's a lot of bad ones. But, like, if this ends up being a colossal failure, I don't know what other coaches were a colossal failure in two places. And I don't remember if I said this already in the pod, but Urban Meyer is obviously number one on the worst coach of the century rankings. There's no debate. What about Steve Spagnuolo? There's no debate. Steve Spagnuolo had a good year, though. He took a... Did he win? He took a 1-15 football team to being a game away from the playoffs and then just immediately reverted to being a two-win football team and got fired. But that was much better than anything Josh McDaniels has done. I I guess you have a point there. (laughs) Um. Yeah, like, do you want to talk about the Saints games? Like, we mentioned they're underdogs. Like, they should still win this game. For all the shit we've talked about this team, they should still beat the fucking Saints, man. I know it's on the road. But look, I'm not. I'm not going to be well if we lose this week. <laughs> And I'm not, I promise I'm not going to come on the pod next week if we win, even if it's a blowout and say, like, maybe they're back. Uh, We'll see how they perform against the Chiefs if that's the case. But, like, we got to beat the fucking Saints. Oh, man, I'm terrified to go against the Chiefs. Oh, I mean, mean, we're going to get slaughtered. And this is the rematch, right? Like, we haven't played them since the the 2018 game, right? 
Nope. What a and that that was one of the greatest games I'd ever seen. Oh my god! Especially in person. Yeah, what a what an underwhelming rematch. <laughs> Imagine they end up winning. That would be fucking crazy if they walk into Arrowhead and win. That would be insane. <laughs> the shitty team. Yeah, if they win the next two games, I will come on the podcast and say they're fucking back. Uh, if they may, I don't care who plays in the Chiefs. They could start. I don't even know where their backup quarterback is. They still got Brody Croyle or whatever. Like they could play whoever the fuck they want. Um, if they win that game, man, they're not going to. But they have to win this. One. I may have to drop a bet for that because that might be a huge. Oh a yeah, huge that's that, there. that line will be. You know, it's not gonna hit, but like it'd be worth investing. Hell yeah, I might. I might have to do that. Do you think they're going to win this week? Ooh, uh, no. Wow. That's tough. I I I would love to say yes and but man, it's just like I just think about the loss of Cooper Cup who was basically the entire offense and I'm like, well what the hell are they going to do now? You know, uh, I... even if Matthew Stafford is healthy enough to come back you do, <laughs> is he going to throw it to Allen Robinson, who can't really create separation at all? Uh, ben Skoranek? Ben Jefferson? I I just Maybe think, Dude like... will be active? Like, I know the season's over, but, like, I think Sean McVay has to realize that if they lose this game, no, like, the, the season's already over, but, like, they're done. Like nobody's going to give a shit about the season in the organization or outside the organization for the rest of the year. You know, even if they win this game, not really going to care, but I mean, we'll care. We'll, we'll come back. We'll talk about it every week, but like you lose to this garbage saints team starting Andy fucking Dalton. Like that's bad, man. That's really bad. And I, I think he, you know, I thought Sean McVay was going to bring it this year, this week, because of, like, how excited he was to coach John Wolford two years ago. So maybe I'm wrong, but, like, he's got to bring it. And I think he knows the Chiefs are coming up. Like, if they lose this game, that's it, man. Like, the no, the, he's going to completely lose the locker room. He at least has a chance to keep the team invested if he gets them up for this game and they go in and, and beat the Saints in New Orleans. I, to tell you the truth, if the the thing I'm concerned about is if the Rams do indeed lose this game, which is very possible, I'm more concerned about Steve. What will happen to Steve? <laughs> I, I, guys, I, I promise you that if the Rams lose this game, I will personally call Steve to make sure that he's okay. <sighs> I, I have a I have a wedding to go to the night before this. And usually I would like, you know, go out of my way to make sure the next morning I get home before the Rams play. I don't like, are they worth my time anymore? Like, do I really need to do that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They fucking suck. Dude. You have, you have a responsibility to potentially watch the Rams win the team you despise the most. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 
I can't wait to watch Andy Dalton play football for sixty minutes. Um, fuck man. The I mean, Rocket himself. I'll give it. I'll give it a twenty. 20 to 10 Rams victory is my prediction. Uh, for old times' sake, I'll say the Rams end up winning 17 to 10. What a what a season! What a goddamn season, man! We haven't even played the division-leading Seattle Seahawks yet. And it's, that's still a very winnable game. Imagine if I told you before the year that, what is it, week week 13, Seattle comes into L.A. and is probably going to be like a three, four point favorite. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anyone saw this coming do you think at all. Do you think they're good? Because like, I actually, no. I, I think they're pretty good. And I think Geno no, Smith is actually I, I, pretty good. You don't you you don't buy them at all. I think Geno Smith is a lot better than anyone had anticipated. Um, and and hey, good on him, man, because he had. I mean, it was kind of laughable thinking that this guy was potentially going to be their starter, but um, that's beyond where my where I'm at there. I, I really don't think they're that good of a team. I just think they play in a garbage division. <laughs> they they do play in a garbage, but they haven't even played us yet. Well, I mean, yeah. I they mean, got six you, wins. They haven't played the worst team in the division. And that's that's the thing is, so so what if they haven't played us yet? It's like, what, we're just going to pander to their ego a little bit? I, like, I, I don't think they're going anywhere, but I, I do oh. actually think they have a good football team. Which is it? Which isn't? It's it's fucking crazy. Uh, I just think the NFC in general is just hot garbage this year. And yeah, the NFC sucks. Um, Last night kind of proved it. I saw some of my my Viking buddies at my wedding, and they were like, "We're the worst five and one team ever." And then they keep winning. Uh, the crazy win this week. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think the Eagles are the only team that's actually good. And even them, like, yeah, they're good. I mean, I know they lost this week, but you you can't say they're not good. I I mean, Vikings are good too. But you look at the NFC last year. I mean, the top three, four teams were probably better than any team in the conference this year. Yeah, <laughs> but so, I I think it's going to be a full AFC Super Bowl, and it, it ain't going to even be close. Who do you think comes out of the NFC right now, if you had to pick? I would probably say the Vikings, to be honest. I would say the Vikings, too. Yeah, I mean, it would be a huge stretch at this point. Because I've said it from the start about the Eagles. Despite them being defeated, I just saw them as frost. I mean, really, you look at their victories – they're not all that impressive. Like their most impressive win came what against the Cowboys, who I'm not totally convinced at either. Yeah, yeah, but they like going into the season. You know they they had good players. Um, no question. Know, they, they beat the Vikings, so yeah, they There's beat that. they beat in. But like, they, yeah, these teams are pretty bad, and they lost to the Commanders. Yeah. 
and then their next game is against the Colts and the Packers and the Titans. Um, see, see, my point exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I they 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 have good players. I don't know. Uh, but I think the Vikings. Oh, well, I guess they beat them. But you know, I pick. I don't think the Cowboys are bad either. But the AFC is is substantial. Oh my God, the Titans are six and three. That's actually kind of amazing to me. That division is dog shit. That yes. might be the only division <laughs> on par with us this year. <laughs> that and the NFC South. Oh, you're right. That division is actually worse than us this year. Could you? I, I found it very hard to believe that the Falcons were. Are they still on top? I don't no, even know anymore. God, motherfucking Sean McVay gave the Bucks a lifeline. <laughs> and now they're going to run away with the division. They're five and five. They're in first. Nobody's going to catch them. <laughs> and then the Falcons lost to the Panthers of all teams. Because they're both horrible. We have three wins Damn. this year, and two of them are against the division. And if we win this week, three out of our four wins will be against the NFC South. That, that'll prove it right there. If the Rams win this weekend, the NFC South is the worst division in football. Okay, but before we wrap up, what do you think the Rams finish this year? Just a guess. There's eight games left. Saints, Chiefs, Seahawks, Raiders, Packers, Broncos, Chargers, Seahawks. That's... Uh... I, I'm going to say I think they're going to finish 7-10. and 10. That's like, that's what I want to say, but I'm so down on this team, I think 6-11. and 11. That, that I wouldn't be surprised, honest. I think they beat the Saints, they beat the Raiders, and they God, win. Please. They win one of Broncos or Seahawks. But I think they could win all four of those and finish seven and ten. As long as they beat the Raiders. The Raiders Please fucking for the love suck, of dude. I think I think that that has I, I was texting one of my friends as a Raiders fan at, at like telling him how I think Josh McDaniels is a absolute total fraud and I was like, That game is gonna be one of the worst games ever when we play you guys in a couple weeks. Oh, no question. But I, I have so many Raider friends that like will text me right after the Raiders lose. They'll they'll text me, ah, oh, how about your Rams? I'm like, dude, why are you talking shit? <laughs> At least the Rams have legitimate excuses for the most part. What are the Raiders fucking excuses? Yeah, we won the Super Bowl last year and you guys haven't won a playoff game, what, twenty years? And made yeah, oh, made the playoffs last year. <laughs> I even I always joke with my uh, good friend of mine. You're familiar with Kevin, um, yeah, love Kevin. <laughs> I always joke with them. I'm like, bro, you haven't even seen your team win a Super Bowl. <laughs> it's true. They yeah, while they do while. technically have more Super Bowl wins than the Rams, he hasn't seen a single one. He hasn't been alive. He was still swimming when the last time the Raiders won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> use your imagination oh my god yeah it took me a minute to get that 
Yeah, I mean, like, you think, if you want to feel slightly better today, the Rams' last losses are to the 49ers, Bucks, and Cardinals. The Raiders have lost to the Saints, Jaguars, and Colts. And the Colts, mind you, hired an ESPN analyst as their head coach before this game. And beat the Raiders. He was a good football player. Yeah, but like they hired an analyst mid-season. And he then they won. Well, to be fair, the Raiders hired an analyst to be a, a GM. Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> and they hired and a fraud. Hired a fraud to be their head coach. All right, we've gone way too long. Uh, we'll be back next week. My new software. Got to play the intro music. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Steer Barrow at Johnny Five Not Six at Talk Rams. We'll talk to you guys soon. Hey, I went in there. I about threw up. I right? have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.